start your engines and buckle up. It's the light sights. Let's go. F1 show. Welcome to the Light Sight Let's Go F1 show on Jack's Radio. And this is the show for the 17th of August 2022. And we are right in the middle of the F1 summer break. And at the start of the show, at the request of one of our listeners, Greg, I began the show with a nice thick slice of Thin Lizzy with a great cover of Whiskey in the Jar. Now, I have with me tonight both Adam and Rich, and I don't, for some reason, Adam's smirking at me. Um, but, boys, how are we going? Doing thick well. Slice, thick slice of Thin Lizzy. How long did that one take you? I was going to say, you've been writing <laughs> that, that all day, haven't you? No, that's taken straight out of Alan Partridge. I, I cannot right? claim that one. I cannot claim that one. <laughs> a thick but, slice of Thin Lizzy. <laughs> but I've always wanted to say nice. it on the air, so that is fantastic. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> how is your summer break going? Fantastic. Very good. Very, very good. Very nice. Beautiful weather. Football started in Pittsburgh this weekend, which is a little bit depressing because of, you know, that normally gives you the onslaught of uh, of autumn, but it filled the weekend without uh, any Formula One to watch for sure. So, yeah, Marvelous. small mercies. Marvellous. And Rich, you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's going okay. We've not been away as yet. Um but you know we've got oh, we just we just got we've got house stuff going on at the moment. There's a lot of uh, that's always good. You know I've got well it's not always good. I've, uh, you know we've got an extension out the back that's sort of gathering pace, so it's quite dusty and basically the back garden's like a building site. We've had a leak in the house, which means we've got industrial air dryer. So if I sound a bit echoey, it's because uh, I haven't got any carpet in here. And um, the latest on the weekend, as of yesterday mornings, we had a leaky shower. But uh, Mrs. Mason stepped up, went to screw fix three times on a Sunday. Um, and she's uh, she's replaced the shower this morning. Bless her. Marvelous, good girl. Marvelous. Right on. Yeah, man. She's um, yeah, she's done it. I, mean, I was at work. I you know couldn't help out there, but didn't need to. So uh, she's added plumbing to her list of skills. Excellent, excellent. So obviously we are in the t- summer breaks. We've got slightly less to talk about because everything kind of shuts down. News is a bit thin, but we've got a good show, I reckon. Well, I don't we've know. Got some more m- more music than usual and it would be quick fire and we were far through and we're going to talk a couple of things around Alonso, Piastri, Alpina, yeah. that's that's pretty meaty stuff um, and we're cracking to that but I know to start with Adam's got a couple of stats as well and one of them was from the other week as well when we were discussing. Was it was, right? it was from Hungary, it was hung- Hungary and then I, as, I, as I went to get the, the, the full details um, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, if I'm if I'm honest. So I've got a few more stats that are somewhat related. But no, we were talking last um, after the Hungary race that uh, Hamilton had actually uh, broken a 67-year-old record, which was the most laps led at one venue. Now I didn't have the specifics on hand, but it was apparently a bill a guy called Bill Vukovic, who led uh, at a single venue had led 485 laps. At the Indy 500, back when back, that when that was a part of the calendar in the 50s, so 485. Right. That's been now surpassed with his uh, what was it four laps? I think Hamilton led in Hungary. It's now taken him to 486. So that was a new one. Strike that one up for the record book. He's just he's, knock, he's knocking those records down, isn't he, Hamilton? I'll tell you what. So I I started to look at it a little bit more, and then I realised that in the 16 years that he has been at the Hungary track. He has only failed to lead it at some point twice. 
So 14, 16 wow. years, he's led at least one lap. Anyone want to have a go at the two years he didn't? Last year? Nope. No, no, no. Did he not lead it? Oh, I he suppose he did because, because, because he started off on, on, on yeah. at the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. 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 I'd say 2011. No. It was... 2010? 2009. It was 09. Okay. It was 09, the, yeah, the, the, the rough year after the championship, and then it was 2015 in the, in the Rossberg years, shall we say. Okay. So 20, 2009, 2015. Um, but also related to Hungary, two other stats quick on, on Hungary, then I'll come back to one more on Verstappen, uh, on Hamilton rather. So Verstappen's win was only the second time that Red Bull have ever won from below sixth. Yeah, I saw that stat. That's quite interesting, isn't it? Mm. Um, uh, again, any quick guess on who the other person who has done it? Got to be Vettel, surely. Uh, that was my guess. It wasn't. It was actually Daniel Ricciardo. I was about to say Daniel Ricciardo. Okay. I'm sure it was. I was going to say. That, I genuinely was going to say that. I the slightly that. more um, surprising one for me, though, that's the first time that Verstappen's ever won from below fourth. Yes, I knew that one. Never, yeah, I didn't know I that did one. Know that yeah, one, I, I saw that stat as well, and I was, yeah, I suppose I was quite surprised by that actually. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just guess I assumed that someone at some point he'd had that race, right, where where something, yeah. had, uh, you know, a, ba a bad, bad quality, and you go through, but I guess not. Um, but then the other one I wanted to come back to on Hamilton was um, he is so obviously he's we know all the the stats he keeps knocking down pole positions, most race wins. I didn't realize that he also has the most second place wins. And with the, the result of Hungary, he's the first person to ever reach 52nd places. Yes. So, of yeah, course, yeah. So, so, now, so now what do I have to go and look for? Where does he sit on the third places? And he's not there yet. He is in, actually in second. He has the second most third place wins yeah. with 35. Who wants to have a go at the most third place wins? Uh, Barrichello. No, no Barrichello was in fifth. He has 28. Felipe Massa? Massa's not on the list. He's that, not on top five. second guess. I only looked, I only looked at top five. So um, in reverse order, it was Rubens on 28. Your boy Alonso on 29. Mm -hmm. Third place wins. Seb on 33. Lewis on 35. And then out at the top, Kimi Räikkönen. Kimmy, 40, yeah. 40, 45 yeah. third place finishes. But anyway, nice. that was good. You've, you've, you've been busy, Adam. That's a that's a lot of statistics that you've thrown at us there. I think uh, Well, yeah, what good. I like about that, what I like about that is after all of those stats, Adam, it's a perfect segue into Rich's next song. So Rich, you can you can introduce it because you're gonna need this, I think. You reckon? I think you are going to need this, in all honesty. I think you will. There's a lot of stats. I think everybody's going to need this. There's a lot of stats for everybody to digest. So in order to digest them properly, um, uh, this is a double-header link, this is. So the last tune I did was um, Sheriff Atman by Carter, The Unstoppable Sex Machine. And Sex Machine, as we know, was a massive hit for the godfather of soul, Mr. James Brown. There's a slight segue. Uh, the lead singer of Cartier SM is Jim Bob Morrison. Jim, as we also know, is short for James. So by two routes, we've got to James. And with all those stats rolling around in our head, I think we'd better all sit down.
That was James with Sit Down on the Lights Out. Let's go F1 show on Jack's radio. Okay, so we are going to continue the fun and talk about Alonso for a bit. So this is going to be a double section. So just a bit of a bit of information here. And then after, after the next song, I'm going to go full conspiracy mode. And I think Alonso has done some Machiavellian stuff on Alpine. So... The last show we did two weeks ago, we had the hot off the press news that Alonso just signed for Aston Martin. Um, and I think we were still in slight shock and didn't quite know what to make of it. Um, I've had to think about it and I I think it's a good move for him. So, so yes, Alpine are higher up on the grid than Aston Martin is and potentially have a better car and potentially will have a better car next year. But... I think this move is all about just securing Alonso's future in the sport because he wants to continue racing on. And Alpine were only offering him a one-year contract and, and then they wanted to shelve him into, into sports car racing. And Alonso wants to go on from another two, three, maybe even four years. He, he wants to choose when to bow out, bow out of F1. And Lawrence Stroll basically wrote that contract because he wanted a name like Alonso there to say pretty much, yeah, you can have that seat for as long as you want almost do you know what I mean because he's got two years and an option so I think it's all about Alonso just securing his future in the sport I don't know what you think I yeah kind of tend to agree I think he felt probably insulted by a one-year deal from Alpine but probably took it at the time because that's where he was going to get to and I also think there's been a couple of races where Ocon has, you know, famously gets his elbows out, Ocon does, and I think that's upset Alonso a little bit, and it's a case of, yeah, well, you know, I, I think he's he's, he's been looking to, to, to move somewhere else for quite a few months. I'd said at the time, you know, I think, you know, to have it done in four days, perhaps he was, um, perhaps... Um, um the uh you know the the dark lord that is Lawrence Stroll had been in a been in a uh, uh upper handed position in the negotiations but perhaps not perhaps they've been going on for a few more weeks than we perhaps thought quite possibly and after the next song I'll go into conspiracy mode as I said because some of what you just said there Rich I think really ties in into what uh, sort of I reckon happened and yeah I, I, I I think Alonso was insulted by that one-year deal, being treated like a rookie, almost saying, you know, you get, you've, you've got a one-year, you know, a one-year deal. I can see from Alpine's point of view because I think they were hamstrung by the Piastri position because they were under a lot of pressure to give, particularly with his the, the contract they had with Piastri to give him a drive, you know, if not this year, next year, kind of thing, or the year after, and from Alonso the deal was well, actually, you know. Piastri's going to have your seat after a year. Yeah, you know, so and there's a, there's a worry because Piastri's, <laughs> Piastri's, you know, as with all new F1 drivers that come in, is going to be the next big thing and all the rest of it. But Piastri does come with some extremely good credentials. And he if he does. turned up and was was very, very quick out of the box, you know, people could turn around and just be like, well, no, Alonso needs to retire. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a good move uh, for Alonso in a way. And fantastic news for me because, as I said before, it's a few more years yet of going to Silverstone and cheering on Alonso and then going going to the crowd afterwards and, and, and 
going to the oh, after mate. race uh, going to the after race concert and having the Alonso flag and being one of the only ones there and everyone looking at you thinking what, what are you doing oh it's more years to that yeah, but it's going to be difficult for everybody because it's going to be Alonso stuff in Aston Martin merch and everyone's going to feel a bit you know aggrieved by that because I quite like the Aston Martin <laughs> stuff so yeah but everyone likes Alonso right surely yeah, man. yeah of course of course and then of course you have Piastri and um, so Alpine then um, said, oh, Piastri is our driver then for next year. And then Piastri came out in tw- on Twitter saying, no, I'm not. I haven't spoken to them and uh, I will not be driving for them next year. And it was like, oh, that's interesting. And then McLaren said, we've signed Piastri. And then Alpine said, no, he's our driver. And the FIA and sanctioned both contracts saying both were okay. So... Apparently, he's driving for two teams next year, which is interesting. And then did you see uh, Alexander Albon jumped on that on that bandwagon as well? Yeah, I did, yeah. Because when, when, you know, <laughs> Williams announced him, and he came on and said, uh, Williams have announced that, I am, that I'm doing this next year, and I am doing that, and it's a very true treat. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. That's yeah, brilliant. I am doing Yeah, because he's got a multi-year deal now with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, he has. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. Right, okay. Let's uh, Adam, let's go to one of your songs, and then we'll get into the conspiracy theory. All right, so I was uh, as I was going down my um, my my stat rat hole um, rabbit hole rather um, on the whole Lewis stuff. I read a whole bunch of other articles, and one of them was the first one I, I, I'd actually read that he had done an interview talking about losing the championship last year and about how you know I'm not, I'm not going to you know, we've beaten that to death. Not to go into it now, but just about how it felt to be kind of sat in that car and having to think about I have to now un- undo my my seatbelt. I have to pull myself out of this car and I have to go and be the better man. Um, so it reminds me of, you know, you know, still I rise, right, or still we rise as he kind of rebranded it in recent years. So I went with, um, on top of which I've been still going back through that that Sex Pistols um, drama series that I really liked. So I'm on a kind of a Sex Pistols kick slash Johnny Rotten kick. This isn't the Sex Pistols. This is Public Image Limited and Rise. <laughs> You just heard The Mammoth Rise by Public Image Limited. And this is the Lights Out Let's Go F1 show on Jack's radio. And we are talking at the moment Alonso, Piastri and Alpine. So, boys, it's time to don your foil hats and let's have... <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's, I'm let's so do ready. Okay. So, the, ready. so what I've heard here... Is on the Sunday of the Hungarian Grand Prix, Alonso spoke to Otmar Safnauer, who is the team leader at Alpine, and told him he had not signed for anyone else. Okay, so giving him strength to believe he was going to sign with Alpine. The next day, Alonso announces he is driving for Aston Martin. Apparently, the deal was done in the paddock on the Sunday of the Hungarian race, the day he told Otmar he wasn't racing. The day Alonso announced it, do you know what day that was? It was the day Piastri's uh, contract with Alpine expired. Oh, I didn't hear that piece of information. I did hear that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Safnauer has been in the press saying he believes... Alonso colluded with Mark Webber, who is Piastri's agent, um, to engineer Piastri's contract expiring 
so Piastri could get out of his Alpine contract and sign for McLaren, and then Alonso could do over Alpine and just walk away with everything, the dumpster burning, rolling down the road, and just walk away to Aston Martin. It is proper stuff, and I'll tell you what, I don't care if it's not true, it's amazing, and I'm pretty sure I was gonna say, and I have to I was going to say, first of all, go ahead, Rich. No, I was going to say that also opens the door because, you know, we need a driver, and Daniel Ricciardo's just come on the market. He slots back into Alpine. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, 100%. it's just very, very, it's very convenient. It all kind of looks to be engineered a little bit. Yeah, i got to say, yes. of, of, of all of our tinfoil hat conspiracies, number one, this is my favourite by far. <laughs> love it. Yeah, <laughs> with you on that one. This is good. I love and, Alonso so and, much. And, 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 and number two, I'm pretty sure it's true as well. I don't think there's yeah, a whole much, sure of, that's true. I don't well, think there's much of a stretch here. No, we said on air, people don't know that Fernando Alonso and Mark Webber are really quite close. You know, they're both, they've both been very, very good friends for a very long time since they were both racing. So, um, yeah, and, and Webber presents himself as a, yeah, I'm just, you know, especially on the Channel 4 stuff, it's like, yeah, he, he knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, all over now, now, Alpine maintain they still have a valid contract with Piastri. I don't know the ins and outs of that, and I don't know how, because it did expire before they confirmed him, because obviously... Safnau was thinking Alonso was going to race on with them. Um, and McLaren think they have a contract. So there's a real thing to sort out there. Alpine have said they are going to be going to the high courts over this to try and fight it. Um, ben Suleiman, the, the, the head of the FIA, is saying that they believe it can be sorted out within the FIA, which probably means there would be some sackfuls of money being handed around somewhere. Yeah. Why, don't you like take the, why don't you take the seven-time Grand Prix winner and, you know, and a load of money? And and yeah, we'll, exactly. you know just make it go away, you know. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I I thought that was proper some 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 proper stuff going on there, and and it yeah, as Adam said, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that was all completely true. It probably is. <laughs> the question is though. So what what has you know? I mean, I think we talked earlier that uh, you know, so I think he's pretty insulted by a one year deal from Alpine. But what 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 do you think Alonso has seen at Aston Martin? other than the opportunity to have a multi-year deal? Or is that just it, do you think? I think it's the it's the fact of he can race on in F1, as I said, you know, on his own terms and for as long as he wants. But also, if it kind of works out at Aston, he can sort of walk away saying, I, look, I, I've always said I'm good and I'm the saviour of Aston Martin because they're, you know, back near the front again. You know, or if they he wins a race with them, he can say he's taken them from a backmarker team to a winning team and he can walk away from F1, you know, shouting about yeah, how true. good he, he, he always has been. Do you know what That's I mean? true. Their, their, their company car list is probably a little bit better than Alpine's as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would say like a Renault Kangoo or a Kajar, or would you prefer a uh, Valkyrie or a V8 Vantage or whatever? You know, it's not a yeah, bit of a no-brainer yeah. really, isn't it, to be honest? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that is definitely my favourite conspiracy theory of the season so far. And like that. <laughs> <laughs> Things always come out in the wash, so I'm sure I'm sure we will, we will hear more of that as the season goes on or next year or something. But um, yeah, I'm 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 sure things will come out, and uh, yeah, that would be absolutely fantastic. Right, okay, so let's go to another song, and Rich, this is gonna be one of yours. Okay, so um, moving on from James and all sit down. That was from James's album Gold Mother. Uh, and um, I'm going from Goldmother to Gold on the Ceiling by the Black Keys. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Light Sack Let's Go F1 show on Jack's radio, and that was the Black Keys with gold on the ceiling. Okay, so we've done all the sort of Alonso stuff, and I can stop getting too excited now, and we can turn our heads to any other sorts of news and bits, and you know, even if there's time, I've got a bit of a quiz, or well, we can roll that over to next week, but anyway. Um, so we've spoken about Albon, so he's staying at Williams. He's got a two-year deal now, which is good to see. Um... Yeah, I, I think um, I I really like Albon, and I, and I think he's a very good driver as well. So I, he's I agree. Doing well at Williams, isn't he? He is. I agree. I think it's good to see it's good to see him in the sport with a multi year deal because hopefully that will give him the. You know, we all said when he was a he was a, he, he was put into the Red Bull seat that it was, you know, it's never a it, it, that that's never a secure seat. So let's see what he can do now. He's got some security for a couple of years, and I yeah, think definitely. I think he'll come really good. Actually, I like absolutely I like absolutely nothing. That's what he's going to do. Nothing. I You're not, no a fan, fan, are you, Adam? not a fan. Not, not a, fan. a fan. It's not going to happen. Wait, you heard it here first. I'll go on record right now. It's nothing, nothing. Williams is as best as he's going to get. And in the William, in the other Williams seat, I'd like to see it go to Logan Sargent, the guy from USA. He was in F2 at the moment. He won medals at Silverstone. Actually, he's a, he's a and he's a Williams driver. He's a Williams junior driver. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Latifi go because you know who wants. Who wants uh, safety cars every every race? So get get. Well, he adds a bit of excitement. And Max does. He adds a bit yeah, of excitement. Yeah, yeah. Max wants safety cars, but Latifi does come with a, quite a substantial amount of cash, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. And talking about substantial amounts of cash, so Andretti Autosports are still looking to buy their way into F1 and be running a team. I'm really excited about this. I really hope it happens. Um, I mean, they literally have got everything in place and they've got the £200 million buy-in fee, you know, now that f one set up the franchise model. They they have that entry fee money. They they have everything set up to, to, to you know, get a team on the grid in 2024. Um, Merck, Red Bull, Ferrari, neither of them are happy about it because they keep saying it's going to dilute the prize money and things. But I don't know. The, the teams have got too much power in F1, haven't they, really? Because it's a sport at the end of the day, and you want healthy competition, you know? Well, you want and healthy competition. The whole point competition. of that £200 yeah, million, yeah. It was, so the, the money would go to some of the teams, wouldn't it, to compensate them for loss of competition money and stuff. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, you know, I mean, in terms of other teams on the grid as well, what's happened with the latest sort of Porsche... Um, attempt at uh, buying into Red Bull. Well, yeah, but that's different. Andretti's going to be a completely new team, so there'll be 11 teams on the grid. So Porsche buy into Red Bull and Audi are looking to take over another team. But this is a new team. So totally you're new team. Expansion, expansion team. Yeah, expansion, expansion team. Expansion team, yeah. Expansion team. See, 11's not a good team. You want 12, don't you? We can get another one on there. But maybe if Andretti make a good fist of it, perhaps someone like, someone like Penske will... Will come in, particularly with the with the emerging you know American market. That'd be well. And if and, yeah, that's a very good point. And if Andretti do well, perhaps Penske do come into it, and all of a sudden you've got a two American teams on the grid, and that's you know yeah. we're going to have a mate Adam. We're going to be coming over to your country quite a bit. There's going to be a whole North American <laughs> series, and we're like four races. We're going to end up with three races there next year anyway, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. Austin, Miami, and um, Vegas. So you know they'll stick a fourth one on there. Yeah, there you I've go. I've got to find somebody uh, to take me to one of them. <laughs> so Christian Christian Horner was in the press saying saying that perhaps they could do something like MotoGP do uh, MotoGP 
do where they have a customer team tier. So Andretti come in, buy a car off another team, but they don't get any prize money for it. They just get reduced amounts or, or they only get constructor points or they only get a certain amount of money and not constructors money because they're not a constructor. And I'm like, you can't really have a two-tier system in F1 like that, can you? It's like, I, no, I, I hope not. No. I don't, yeah. yeah, I hope not. No, they're just oh, all particularly they're all particularly bothered because I think you you know hit the nail on the head. It's about diluting the prize money, isn't it? That's all yeah, they don't of course, want. Of, of course. But um, yeah, I, I I would love to see the the the, the grid expanded. It's more seats for talented drivers. You know, I, I, you know, there's there's not many seats around, is there? So you know, no, it's true. Seats, it'd be great. It'd be, it'd be great to see. But there you go. There you go. Right. Okay. I'm gonna go to a song. I'm gonna go to one of my choices. And then um, I can either talk about um, wind tunnel time or I could do a little quiz, but I'll, I'll see what happens afterwards. But this one is, well, it's just a cracking song. I haven't heard it in ages. And um, I just thought, oh, brilliant. You've got to play this. Uh, so this is Paul Simon with You Can Call Me Owl. Oh, quality. And that was the fantastic You Can Call Me Owl by Paul Simon straight from the Gracelands album. And that was amazing. I absolutely love that tune and I haven't heard it in a long, long it's time. It's a brilliant, brilliant tune, Dan. Well done for yeah, picking it. it. Super tune, job. Yeah. It's a cracker. Okay, so um, bits of bits and bobs to see at the show. Lewis Hamilton uh, turned down a role in Top Gun Maverick, apparently. What a yeah. Muppet. What a Muppet. <laughs> I know. I could not believe that. Could not believe it. I mean, it was something to do with a Formula One schedule that he, he couldn't work it around. Get it? Make it happen, Lewis. You're going to be yeah. a, a you're going to be a Top Gun fighter pilot. He should have been on there. That would have been awesome, wouldn't it? Been. That would. I mean, yeah. He said he couldn't do it because it was slap bang filmings and slap bang in the middle of the F1 no, season. But... I was disappointed when I read that. Heartbroken. Just heartbroken so for him. Heartbroken for him. I think. But there you go. There you go. Um, and. Similar sort of news to like that sort of offbeat stuff is the Singapore F1 track is going to appear on the new Call of Duty game, which I think uh, is just absolutely crackers. But, um, nuts. but why, it shows, why is that? Why is that? Well, it's Liberty Media, isn't it? I mean, they're a they're a marketing machine, aren't they? So they're just putting F1 in the minds of younger generation, isn't it? Anybody? Yeah, there we go. More fans. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and and suddenly, all these youngsters who are playing Call of Duty are going to watch the Singapore Grand Prix because it's like, oh, I've just been running around there with a machine gun kind of thing, you know? So it's, yeah, I'm yeah, not so sure. Yeah, I, I, don't, I'm, I haven't played Call of Duty, but I'm not so sure a tank is going to corner particularly well on some of the uh, <laughs> some, <laughs> some of the curves on that street circuit. Probably not. Okay, and here's a stat that I got sent ages ago by my dad, and I've never had a chance to fit it in. But okay, I'm going to go. I, Time to do it now. Have you ever heard of Hans Hager? Or Heger? H-E-G-E-R. Hans, Hans Hager. Hager. I don't no, think Hager. I have. I haven't, no. He owns a record that I don't think Hamilton will ever beat or match or whatever. And that is, he has the honour of being the only person in F1 history to have a did-not-qualify... Uh, did not finish and be disqualified all in the same race. So basically, 
and this is going back years, you're talking probably sort of fifth this time, he was he didn't qualify, he was too slow to qualify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the yeah. Sunday, when they lined up for the race, he sneaked his car in to the back of the grid <laughs> and lined up. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. I Ten like him lap- already. I like Hans already. He's a good man in my book. Ten laps later, his gearbox gave up, so he then had a did not finish. And when the stats people were working out, you know, that he stopped, they suddenly realised, hold on a minute, he shouldn't even be racing. So they disqualified him from the race. So he, he had a DNQ, a DNF, and a DSQ. A nineteen fifty awesome. a, a Alonso is exactly what he was. That's yeah, precisely that exactly. sound, sounds exactly like the chap. I think you'd you'd like him. You'd have been a massive fan back in the day, Dan. I think I would have, I would have been. I would have been. I've been wearing some, I don't know a um a Hans Heger cravat and jacket. Or something. That's it. A Hans Heger cravat and tie pin. I can see it now. Right. Monocle. Okay. I reckon um, he had a monocle. That would be it. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Nineteen fifties merch. I love that. <laughs> there's a bit of uh, good news for Mercedes around the corner with uh, wind tunnel time. So this again, this is all the F1 new rules around trying to make the competition closer together. Being if you're further, you know, depending on your constructor's position, you get more time in the wind tunnel. So quick rundown, um, just a couple of them. So near the top, so Red Bull, because they're leading the championships from July this year to the end of the year, Red Bull only have 70% of their testing limit. So they're allowed 224 wind tunnel uses to the end of the year. Uh, Ferrari are at 75% of the limit, so they get 240 uh, wind tunnel uses. And Mercedes, because they're behind the two now, they get 80%. So they get 256 uses of the tunnel. And they're bringing updates and updates. And I think that could be, you know, that quite a, to me, make a difference. I, I knew that that was the case, but I didn't realise that the actual margins weren't that great. I'd be, it'd be better if, like, Red Bull got five goes in the wind tunnel, not 204. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you've got five goes, that's it. You better get this right. However, <laughs> the dark horse here is Haas, because they haven't, Developed their car all season, you know, yet, but they've still been pretty quick at some tracks. They they've have. Now, they've now got a big update that they've brought. Because they're so far behind, they got 110% of their testing the mix. They've got 352 goes in the wind tunnel. Oof. That so is, that's significant. That, that significant. that could bring them right up into the midfield battle, I think. That, that could uh, be quite interesting. Uh, it, could, it could well do. It could well do. It's, um, it's going to be very interesting to see how that uh, shakes out. But uh, they have still been quick, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, there's certain races where they've been, yeah, properly quick. I mean, Williams have got 115%, so they're on 368 wind tunnel uses. Um, you know, that, that could bring them certainly into contention in the midfield but i think that wild card do, there is it, it is the Haas one i think that that that, that, that has really definitely people like yeah. mclaren alpine you know possibly even merck if their if their development doesn't continue in in the on the right course you know has to be right in the mix there I think they could right, do. Uh, williams williams have got a lot of time in the wind tunnel but you know they're going to bring the uh, thicker of their polishing cloths yes very true very true right okay so that pretty much brings us to the end of the show um Adam, how quick is the stat you've got? So with uh, Van Dornbeek, we can do it next next week. Yeah, real quick. It was less of a stat, more of a fact. Um, this is the first time since when that we haven't had a British winner by this stage of the season. 2004. Ooh, close. 2005. Ooh. 
2005. Yeah, I was going to go. And then, all right. So, so who 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 are the two drivers that couldn't pull it off that year? David Coulthard. Yep. Jensen Button. Yep. And JB. Yeah. Very good. There yep. you go. There you go. Right. Okay. Excellent. So next week we will we will have a chat about Spa and things like that. And uh, yeah, we I'll, I'll probably put together a bit of a quiz and whatever else. And for the, those of you at home, thanks for listening. You can follow us on our Twitter, which is at lights underscore F1. If you want any songs played, you can tweet us on that as well. It'd be great. Um, you can go to jacksradio.com and go to the listen again function and listen to any of our shows uh, from the past year and a half, coming up to two years now, really. Um, you can listen to any of the songs that we've played, um, which is the LOLGF1 Jacks playlist. Um, and playing us out tonight, I'm going to play Eddie and the Wolves again which is a great band, um, and this is a song called See Me Fall. So, boys, do you want to say goodbye? I will say ta-ta. Have a good one, people. Yeah, it was a good, good fun tonight. See you next time. And it just remains for me to say goodbye and drive safely. <laughs>